Hi friends, I'm Molly, your host today, and thanks for listening to Relief from Darkness, where we're having conversations with people who've walked out of various mental health issues and into freedom. Today, we'll be hearing from Carly and her walk out of eating disorders. Carly is a doctoral occupational therapy student with a background in nutrition and exercise science. She has been with Dr. Lori Basie studying under her for the last several months before heading back to Arkansas to continue her education. I'm Molly, and we are here today with our Relief from Darkness team, where we're just kind of continuing our conversation and exploring how we can truly be set free and healed from various mental illnesses or distorted thought processes, anything really ranging from complex trauma to anxiety to depression and really just everything in between. So we're really taking a deep look at this as a reminder that if we can change our brain, you can change your life. Woohoo! So today we have Carly and she's going to be sharing uh, with us um, on her experience with eating disorders and how that's affected her. And then we'll kind of look at her walk out of it. So with that, uh, Carly, can you just kind of give us a definition of what that even is? Yes, absolutely. So under the umbrella of eating disorders, there's three different types. The first and one that a lot of people are more aware of is anorexia. And that's characterized by distorted body image and excessive dieting, which most of the time leads to severe weight loss and a pathological fear of becoming fat. Second is bulimia. This one is a little bit different because you have frequent episodes of binge eating followed by self-induced vomiting or other things like laxatives to avoid weight gain. Mm. And then binge eating is recurring episodes of eating significantly more in a short period of time than you would normally eat and then under eating in similar circumstances. So there's markings of lack of control with how much you eat and when. Okay. So with that, can you just kind of tell us about your experience with it and what that was like for you? Yes. So I can remember ever since I was a little girl having a lot of people look up to me and being pretty confident in a lot of areas of my life except for my body. Mm -hmm. And I think that I watched a lot of other people be insecure with their bodies too. And It's kind of a contagious thing, honestly. So from the time I was little, I had a lot of body hatred, and um, I did not know that that wasn't normal. And so unfortunately, that was was kind of the norm for me to be mean to myself about my tummy or my thighs, those things. Even really, like, I remember when I was, like, eight, just having body hatred and... So as I went on through my my life, I just never felt like I was good enough and very critical of myself. But I did meet Jesus when I was really little and loved him deeply and knew him intimately and still do. But I was in this cycle of self-hatred that I didn't know what to do with. And it makes me think of some characters in the Bible, too, that even though they knew God, even like Eve knew God, but she still ate the apple. Yeah. And that's kind of what it felt like for me. Like, I was still going back to the apple. And 
not knowing what to do or how to experience healing. And so fast forward to college, none of this is resolved, but I really didn't think it was that big of a deal. And I experienced a pretty bad breakup and my oldest sister was really sick and doctors didn't have answers. And so there was a couple of things plus some more that weren't in my control, but I knew I could control my body image. Yeah. And so this is where I began the eating disorder for real, for real, and was over-exercising usually two times a day, multiple times a week, under-eating. Um, and then I would go through weeks or seasons where I would hardly eat at all. And then other times I would binge or take laxatives. And and so I kind of have experienced all three of the eating disorders that I talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Um. But none of it was working, and I still found myself in a really hard cycle to break because I didn't know what the break would be. Okay. Yeah, I see that. Mm -hmm. So um, we also have Dr. Lori with us here today. So I'm going to ask her my favorite question, which is, Dr. Lori, can you please give us the brain dump? Absolutely. Molly, I would love to. And in fact, as we're talking about eating disorders, we're going to go back to our CPR. And so what is a CPR of eating disorders? Carly described a time in her life, and she was really, really young. And they say that 90% of eating disorders are found in females. And then the average age is between 12 and 25 years old. And so it's really, really important for us to be connected and to pay attention to Uh, how we are and how we're doing in relationship to our community. And if we see, again, the unusual behaviors, the unusual eating cycles and the patterns, then knowing that it's it's probably going to break our heart to figure out really what's truly going on. And in the midst of all of that, I think this is just riddled with just this obsession, obsession about self, obsession about calories, obsession about Again, as Carly described, body image. And in the midst of all of this, with the with the psychoeducation and then the routine, the routine really has serious implications. And at some point, if this thing isn't uh, isn't intervened with, then there's all kinds of things that could happen. The periods stop, heart rates slow. Hands and feet become cold as the body attempts to conserve calories. The skin becomes dry. The hair may fall out. The person complains of fatigue and looks listless and lethargic. Their dizzy spells and fainting occurs, again, with the behavior of the irregularities in eating and exercise and diuretics and laxatives. And then there can be such an imbalance that it can result in cardiac arrest and just really serious ramifications. And so I think with the brain dump, we need to be just really aware, not only for ourselves, but then also those that are in our community Mm -hmm. through connection. Mm -hmm. Is there something going on? Are we, are we obsessed with, is somebody else obsessed with, and then we can see those signs and those symptoms physically with our routine. If we're externally unable to, maintain safety and to break these thought processes, then that's a time where uh, external parameters need to be put in place and help really needs to be 
received for this because it can be really serious and dangerous. Mm-hmm. That's what it's sounding really serious and really mm-hmm. dangerous. And I think that's hard just with the world that we live in where it's so normal to kind of have this body image or where we really build up ourself in our own confidence and in our own strength and what we can offer mm-hmm. the world. Like sometimes it might be hard to even catch. Like right. if we don't know that it's even, you know, if it's such a normalized thing right. and almost even glorified mm-hmm. of people overworking out or under eating, like that seems like super detrimental. Mm-hmm. And really I kept it all hidden. Yeah. It was so internal. And externally, behavior started coming out, but internally, I was just full of confusion and it, the eating disorder or thinking about it that way wasn't even a thing. Like, I didn't wake up thinking I have an eating disorder. Right. But it, it was hidden under the, I'm going to look better, feel better type of mantra, really, if you will. But that only led me to think more about myself and have less room to think about the Lord or others. And and so like Dr. Lori mentioned, I became obsessed and it was it was disgusting, honestly. And it's hard to even talk about that I was stuck in that cycle of of thinking about myself so much because I didn't want that for my life. Yeah. I still don't. And so thank the Lord. <laughs> yeah. He opened my eyes and and drew me in gently. But it definitely, it is a really internal, hidden, shameful cycle. So then can you just describe a little bit about the walkout process or Mm -hmm. how did the Lord meet you in it? Yeah. So when I was in college and when it was really ramped up, I hadn't had a period for a couple years and was experiencing several of the symptoms that Dr. Lori had mentioned earlier and there was a season where I had gone to the chiropractor for lower back problems, um, and then I stopped going, and a lot of the eating disorder things ramped up again, and then I went back to the chiropractor, and he was a hilarious guy, self-proclaimed atheist, and we just really got along. But when he was adjusting me, he had a moment with me and said, hey, are you okay? And... I knew exactly what he was talking about, but no one had asked me because they, my friends like, or family, you know, had just seen like, oh, you look really good because I had kept it so hidden. They had no idea the the torment that was happening inside of me, but he had just a moment to be like, hey, are you okay? And I just giggle now and thank the Lord that. He used an atheist to literally wake me up. Yeah. (laughs) And so it's a beautiful story and led me to get help. And and so that connection piece was vital to walking out into healing. And so I called a friend who I knew who was older than me. She was a mentor figure in my life who I knew had an eating disorder as a collegiate athlete. And so I called her and just told her, I don't know what the situation was, and it was not easy. I fought it the whole time. I was on the co- the phone, really, for, I think, over an hour before I finally got it out of just, I think there's something wrong here. Yeah. And she was so gentle and so kind. 
And I'll never forget what she said. She said, Carly, you cannot white knuckle your way through this, Mm. but you have to surrender, repent, and walk with Jesus through this. Wow. Yes. And it has really stuck with me. Yes. And so then getting a counselor involved was huge and having safe family and friends were also just essential for for me accountability wise walking this out and it was weeks that turned into months that turned into a couple years really for me and i think the the most beautiful thing of that whole season was getting to know more of who god is and i learned that he is steadfast yeah that no matter what's going on internally or externally with trauma or sin or shame, whatever it may be, he is steadfast, which means his love is steadfast, his justice, his mercy, yeah, his presence is steadfast. And so out of learning who he was, it helped me learn who I was. So the mm-hmm. girl who didn't know who she was and was struggling with this eating disorder wasn't labeled by that anymore. But I was labeled as a daughter of the king. Mm. Who is here to stay? With yes, me. yes. So it's just a a sweet picture, really, of His grace and mercy that was constant in my life and awakened me to His love and His heart for me and the world in a whole new way. Yeah. So practically speaking, it sounds like you set up some really good mm-hmm. parameters with connecting with people mm-hmm. and really putting in things to help maintain yes. what you've learned along the way. Yeah. So are there any other just really practical things, or can you go into a little bit more detail of like the things that you set up around you, or do the thoughts come up when the mm-hmm. thoughts come up, or the want to control or boost in your self confidence or mm-hmm. something? What are some real practical ways that you've helped yourself maintain? Yes, scripture memory. Mm. <laughs> so when I had intrusive thoughts, I would start trying to re remember the scripture I was memorizing. Because, gosh, what can combat our thoughts better than God's Word? Right. And I threw away the scale yeah. that was in our apartment. And I had my roommates in on it. So they they knew what was going on. So they had all the laxatives that I had. And um, any time that I was really struggling, I would text them. And they would immediately send scripture or say, I'm praying. And that was huge 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 yes yes um so those were the biggest things and that's i had someone tell me one time and they were like you know when you're in the middle of the thought process and it needs to stop or we're like is this from the enemy but if we can just grab hold of scripture Mm -hmm. and turn it back to praise or worship Mm -hmm. that at some point when we stand firm long enough in that Mm -hmm. then the tactics of the devil are they do the exact opposite of what right. the intention is yes. because then suddenly you're worshiping and yeah. not even in that anymore. Yes. And my mom shared with me something similar too. She was like, Carly, think if every time you thought about yourself in a negative way, what if instead you could pray for someone else? Wow. And how beautiful. Yeah. It's exactly what you said. Like, man, just to turn that into an opportunity to glorify the Lord and, and to lean into others and pray for others could be a really cool opportunity that <laughs> it did come up a lot for me because I still was thinking about myself a lot. And, right. And so it, it became more of a time of prayer for me. So it's a walkout. Yes. 
Yes. So if, you know, if anyone is struggling with eating disorders, if you could give just one takeaway on what you'd want the listener to experience right now mm-hmm. or want them to know, what would that be? Mm. Well, I have this little prayer that is really powerful because I think for me, it was easy to go in the all or nothing mindset with it. Like, okay, I haven't eaten today, so I'm total failure. Um, but instead to remember that each day is, is a fresh start. Yeah. But we can have that fresh start moment by moment too throughout the day when we're fixing our eyes back on Jesus. And so I'll read this little prayer. It says, Meet me, O Christ, in the stillness of morning. Move me, O Spirit, to quiet my heart. Mend me, O Father, from yesterday's harms. From the discords of yesterday, resurrect my peace. From the discouragements of yesterday, resurrect my hope. From the weariness of yesterday, resurrect my strength. From the doubts of yesterday, resurrect my faith. From the wounds of yesterday, resurrect my love. Let me enter this new day, awake of my need, and awake to your grace. O Lord, amen. So it's just a sweet prayer that that's so good. Yeah, isn't it? I just yes. love rereading it and setting it as my my uh, screensaver on my phone just to remind myself like, oh, this is a it, the Lord is steadfast. So he's available yeah. to me all the time, every day. Mm-hmm. And and so that last line of letting me enter this new day aware of my need and awaken to his grace was super powerful for me. That's beautiful. And a good reminder for anyone else who who might be struggling in this area. Or any yeah. other mental health area or physical right, or whatever. Covers it all be. of it. <laughs> yeah. So, Dr. Basie, is there anything that you would like to add or just practically speaking for maintenance or from a brain standpoint? Molly, there is always something to add with the brain. <laughs> you never even have to ask. But what I'd like to say is that our brains are hard, hardwired for connection. Yeah. And so, connection is going to be critical. And so, in the midst of whatever it is, whatever subject we're talking about, if we feel shame and we want to isolate and there's secrecy, then that's a pretty good indication that there's something that needs to be removed from our lives because it's hindering the fullness of the love of Christ. And once we start to acknowledge that, that's half the battle is actually identifying it. And then the next part of it it's a walkout. And so it's not one and done. It took a while for our brains to get to that point for us to order our brain to think about ourselves or what we were going to eat or our body image. And so it is a, certainly a walkout. But the goal isn't then when we get to a certain point, when I no longer do this or I or that, it, the goal is actually to encounter Jesus every day. And He's in the middle of the process, which I think Carly so beautifully articulated. And so that would be my two cents worth in regarding the brain. It's not a one and done. It's a walkout and that we're hardwired for connection. So in that moment of when I'm thinking isolate or don't tell anyone, that should signal in me. Mm -hmm. I probably need to go Mm -hmm. find someone pretty quickly and let them know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I think it would have saved me a lot of time. If, if I had let yeah. people in sooner. Now I get this walkout process. Right. I had a friend tell me, she said, well, Molly, um, if it was fun and easy, it wouldn't be called endurance. And if it mm-hmm. was fun and easy, it wouldn't be called <laughs> perseverance. And I just found that to be so true. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's building something in us. So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing 
And we will see you guys next time. And remember, change your brain and change your life. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening to our Relief from Darkness podcast. If you would like more information or are looking for more resources to help overcome the topics we've discussed here, please visit the No Boundaries International website at www.nbint.org, where we have a free e-course titled Journey of Restoration. And be sure to please leave us any comments or reviews as this will help get our content out to more listeners. We're praying for you guys and we will see you next time.